0: afternoon good evening good night whenever you listen to this this is Match Media alongside my critique and pan and Crying medina hey, hello 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 and this is another episode of bears beats and bailey and at the time of this recording this is actually mother's day 2017 right yeah, and apart from all that, uh, apparently, like we've we've started the rainy season because <laughs> I yeah, know yeah. for the past few days just been rain and sun and rain and sun. Yeah, and rain yeah. And sun, so. it, it, it
1: officially it officially starts, Yeah.
0: Yeah, so shit. I thought I was gonna wait till June for this, but shh, whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. Anyway, it's all good though. I'm I'm indoors, but you know, if you do happen to hear some rain, then you know it's because rainfall outside. Duh. All right. So with that being said, uh, we have quite a few things to talk about. Um, the first being a Horror film that almost went off our radar But I was hearing a lot of buzz about it I saw a couple of my favourite um, YouTube movie reviewers You know, talk about it recently um, It's a Canadian horror film from 2016 Called The Void And we finally right. made the effort to check it out And yeah. we'll share our thoughts on that um, Yeah, oh, no, this
1: this year This year I had a bunch of like little small movies That just kind of just come off the radar Almost entirely Yeah, yeah, so, yeah So, um stuff like the void slight is one of those mm-hmm. uh we do not i didn't get a chance to see that with basically like a, kind of black superhero thing they're going to go with there um what why boy voice oh free fire i didn't get a chance to see that you know as, as uh, i mentioned
0: that it's it's weird that it hasn't come down to to train that yet i don't know why it's an action right. flick so you know you would think action flicks is like the easiest thing to to um, to train our schedule yeah. but no it, it just came i almost forgot it came out in the city, it just left so i don't know if the reception was 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 great or bad because i didn't even watch any reviews of it but i want to see it still right yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah, me too yeah
0: and and slight i saw Um, a few ads of it um i was surprised that wwe studios was behind it too i was like um okay okay. right (laughs) but um from what i saw it's been getting a lot of great reviews but yeah, it's given me little in terms of story, but that's 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 fine with me actually. I don't want to know no, much bit, about it. That's anyway. a
1: good thing because I'll say I you know I really really get into the point again. Where I call it perpetually ironic um, that uh, that I call myself. Um, movies are I'll admit a lot of movies are improved when you're going blind. Eh? Let's admit that. Like if you have a solid movie and you're going blind, eh, you can enjoy it because you know a lot of movies, especially some of these big comic movies, are a bit overmarketed a bit. So you kind of piece together the, the scenario a little too easily in your head, now. Yeah, and it, it yeah. end up coming out similar to that or very close to that. So, you know, it, it movie making gets to the point, at least in terms of plot, where there are um, no mysteries but a lot of secrets. You know, it, it gotten to that point. It's it relatively easy to guess um, where it's going to go, assuming yes. the filmmaker is rational, you know, and going to make a good product on, like, you know, the CEO or some bullshit like that, right? Mm. So, um. Yeah, so I because I, I'm going to talk about it with Lost City of Z because that actually was really goddamn surprising what where, where that story was or right. what that story was about. Okay, cool. Yeah, so, anyway,
0: all right. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, so you see, so you did mention Lost City of Z. That will be um, one of the three films that we'll be the, um, discussing in this um, podcast here, along with The Void and yeah. King Arthur Legend of the Sword, which is directed yeah. by our f- one of our favorite um, British directors to come out from He's the one eight- of my 90s. favorites guy is, is he one of my
1: favorites guy richie himself yeah
0: yeah no guy Ritchie what,
1: gonna guy richie
0: yeah no i would say just before we even get into it um for those who don't know right now this movie apparently has been um it actually tanked in the box office I, yeah yeah not surprised you know, like, um, not, not surprised when you think about it but I find it's kind of unfair um but maybe it's because of the uh, name of the person involved it, and we'll get to that later. Uh,
1: it's not it's not unfair because Guardians of the Galaxy is still out. So that's why it's not unfair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, well yeah, uh, it, Guardians exactly. of the Galaxy is, is is an excellent movie. So yes,
0: it is, yes, it is. which was so smart tactic yeah. on on Marvel to actually bring this out to officially open the um summer blockbuster Modesty. season as opposed to oh, no, here's Another know, t- here's another,
1: another 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 nice little trick Marvel does to prime audiences but buddy Superman try to do it and fail miserably. Um, which is coming bring guardians out of Mother's Day. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, civil war. <laughs> By the way, you notice that a little, it it kinda obvious, but you know they do it, which is last year Civil War. What was the big impetus for Iron Man being pissed off? Dead Mummy.
0: Yes. Yeah. On <laughs> Mother's Day. Good for Dead Mummy, on yes, Mother's yes, Day yes. or a
1: wrong Mother's Day. Same yeah. thing with 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 um Stallone. So you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well well of, of yeah, course yeah. With, with Father's Day coming up, so it's like, oh, what it? No, ticket that Mother's is a Day, movie Dead well, Mummy dead Right, mummy. right, right. Yes, 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 yes. But also. Dead Mummy Yeah, but also. Dead the, mummy. Yeah, but also the, um, the father son dynamic. Nah. You know, I know, I know. Nah, it doesn't nah, work that much, but. Dead mummy gr- the meeting, Dead thing yes. Dead Mummy, yeah, you're, you're right. Dead Mummy right. A big,
1: big. Because it's a big like reveal in the movie, right? Yes. You, you know, when, he, when he, you know, he casually just say that shit there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow. And
0: people was like, oh. Yeah. Like myself included, like oh, yeah, yeah, that, God. That, was, <laughs> that
1: was really goddamn shocking for me, eh? It, it was. You like, couldn't really catch me off guard. It was like casual. Because, that like is that that he did it? That was the part, eh? That was the shocking part. It's all casually said. That it's like well, whatever. Well, it's just yeah, like, a thing like, that like, has like, to be do. Like
0: of course I did, you know? Like I had right, to. Like, right. Like come on, you didn't? Yeah, it I had to.
1: Yeah. yeah um, I had to. Right. No, um. But uh, thinking about it, I, I just want to just mention, God, it's only two seconds. Um. I. You know, thinking about it Ego is actually one of the better villains They've had, in, you know Probably out of all, you know When you think about it In my opinion um, It's between for me right now. all like
0: villains And MCU villain Like period MCU. You know, I talk about fees one Phase yeah. two
1: Yeah blah, blah, blah. Yeah Yeah, I actually think Ego is pretty one of the better ones When you think about it like, At least from a thematic standpoint And just straight up evil Oh, no? um, okay is Loki... you, you
0: mean in terms of like Not telegraphing that Hey, I'm a villain Look at me right. Ding, 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 um,
1: ding. Yeah. yeah, you know Loki key Loki was there. Loki up there. Um, I'll say Zemo pretty high up there for me, and yeah, ego is like Zemo, Loki, ego for me in terms of best villains. You know, so I, I else thought, I I thought, of...
0: Yeah, I, I thought I was one of the few people who actually appreciate Baron Zemo. Okay, there's some people like oh well, yeah yeah but he did nah. how he orchestrated that plan. Zemo... I still thought was what? was brilliant though. Right.
1: Yeah, Zemo's character was just more a matter of bad faith. that's how he operated now, he was kind of more like akin to the Joker from the Dark Knight kind of thing now, yes. that's how I kind of saw him, he didn't, re- he didn't really do anything, but at the same time, he is more about like, right, he's more setting things up to fuck you up now, he's had that twist knife, that's why I like Zemo, I like Zemo a lot actually, we I mean, right. could argue about <laughs> the plausibility of his plan, but um, I thought he was a pretty good villain, and so it's for a really simple personal reason now. Yeah, you know, I actually like that idea of power and not being able to do anything about power, and you know how you're gonna fight against something like that. Anyway, whatever. Right,
0: exactly. Um, so, for more information on our thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, please check out our yeah. our previous review of said movie, um, <laughs> which we did um, last week at the time of this, uh, at, at the time of this recording. And also on the right. subject of that we also talked about a few um, Netflix TV series, and one in particular right. came out this week well actually last week i should say which i managed to check out which is season two of one of my favorite um tv shows of 2015 master of none so season two finally came out um friday at the time of this recording uh 10 episodes once again just like the previous season so i checked it out i thought that you were checking it out but unfortunately you didn't that's fine though but i will will share my thoughts on that so, yeah, we could jump in, first of all, to um, The Void. Right. Right. Uh, what I was just say just going in, if I could just kind of run... Well, I wouldn't, I don't want to reveal too much of the plot because, like, it's really one of those shows where you kind of have to go in blind, you know? You, you only know the basics, but it's all of these reveals that take place throughout sure, the majority of the film that makes this this movie kind of fun and unpredictable. So, um, this is right. a Canadian science fiction horror film. It's directed by um, two well, two guys, Steven Kostansky and Jeremy Gillespie, uh, both of which um, they've been making films. You know, or well, mostly they've been making kind of like these sort of parody or kind of spoof kind of you know um, okay. horror sci-fi kind of hybrid films. So one in particular right. was called Manborg, which I would like to to, to 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 see. Just basically, just hearing that title alone um right. but really with that though from what i know is that they don't really take themselves too seriously with that it's just them having fun and just being you know homage to you know um films of the 80s and we get that here with the void so just right off the bat this is like a throwback to um to you know sci-fi and horror films of the 80s but um i also picked up a little bit of um John Carpenter more particularly yeah. two films um classics by the way first off obvious one the thing from 1982 and yeah. assault on precinct 13 the original one from 1976. Yeah. Yeah. but yeah. i'll get into that um after i talk about the the premise so not spoiling yeah. too much um it kind of starts off with this uh, this cop his name is um daniel carter and one night yeah. he finds this um supposed drug fiend by the name of james crawling through the street just basically and he wants to know why he, he takes him, takes him in, he carries him to his nearby hospital, it's like in the middle of nowhere, it's in this undisclosed area, they don't really see where and um, there, there, are, there, there are these other characters as well there too and while all this is going on um, basically there's like this kind of weird mysterious cult that shows up right outside, real um, Assault on Precinct 13 style, so they're standing up outside of the, the, um, yeah. the hospital building and they're all dressed in white, they have knives, and they have this black um, triangle on their heads. Well, on the, you know, the, right. the, the mask, basically. And they're just yeah. the type of people that if they see you out there, they will just rush you and stab you to death. And then, indoors now, we have some really weird, freaky shit going on. <laughs> basically, right. with char- with a character or two turning into this really um, weird, freakish-looking, gigantic monstrosity and it's right. not exactly sure how this how these characters turn into that. And it's just all these little things that's going on. We're both outdoors and indoors. And then there's this reveal of this portal, if you will, which I yeah. assume is called the void. And what I what I get from it is that it just leads to this sort of, you know, otherworldly dimension. And that's all I'll say about that. It's just really all this weird stuff that's not going on—that's going on, not just outdoors but also indoors—is all leading into this big, shocking, terrifying, but still mysterious reveal at the very end. So, um, right. thoughts on the void? What, what, what do you take about the void, man?
1: Um, I don't. Okay, so here's the problem: um, if this came out like about seven 80s. years ago, <laughs> well, no, that's the thing because we again ti- we again tired of the retro stuff now. No? Yeah. Um but, yeah, as, but, as it. Say, yeah.
0: but as you say, but as seven years ago, I was thinking um oh gosh, like Slither, you know what James Gunn, you know, director of no, came out with uh, that kind of right. you know, gross out kind of um B movie kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right, exactly. And that's, that's the problem, is that you know you know when you tap into a particular um when you tap into a particular trend nostalgia or otherwise it's you get it's fine. But now is like I of get further for this whole nostalgia stuff. I got tired of nostalgia. You know, we had we had waiters the show on on Netflix. I forget is um with the it was kids.
0: Stranger Things. Stranger <laughs> you Things. Know, the show that everybody uh, was just gushing over all the last year.
1: Right. And I love Stranger you know,
0: Things. <laughs> yeah,
1: and that is the problem again. Again, real tired. Of, I personally just getting tired of the whole retro stuff, especially eighties retro. You know, I know I know it have the waiters the the thirty year rule or the forty year rule where. You know, roughly one generation after they all start nostalgia and hard for whatever it is was then, aesthetic wise or whatever it is. But I, I really, i tired of this now. So <laughs> this movie was solid. This movie was kind of, it was okay business to me, but because it just, it has really like just homage this movie and homage that movie and I'm like, all right, enough. You know, uh, again, tired of this. Um, but it's still good. And the Lovecraftian stuff was pretty good in the end. I, I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it didn't remind me of, um, you want oh God you know my brain is doing right now the one want with with, with um, Emil hush um with the with the witch now where he was a uh, had a the uh, autopsy of the gene Doe.
0: yeah which I still haven't seen I know I saw but yeah
1: right you kind of remember that a little bit it's it's this indoor thing you gotta deal with a mystery that's scary and you're not sure what's going on Lovecraftian dark powers on the dark dimension is going to come true if you if you don't if they're not careful and they're not careful so that happens um, yeah. yeah, and they don't know what's going on. But then, so, but then, well, in this is a little different because it's have people who kind of know what's going on maybe, um, with the whole cult thing, but then that really, you know, pan out any way I wanted it to. But whatever, I mean, you go, that.
0: Okay, so I disagree with you with the fact of you you're not liking nostalgia. Um, I don't see yeah. it as a I just overkill, fed up it. It's not that really? I don't like it. Okay.
1: Yeah, I, I just fell apart of it because we we've been seeing this stuff for the. Like, let's admit it, we've been seeing 80s nostalgia for the better part of five years straight now. You know, a lot of movies have been doing the nostalgia, the 80s nostalgia thing in terms of like technique, film techniques and yeah. you know styles. And it's like, what it is really, it's it's just a bunch of low-budget filmmakers finally learning the techniques of high-budget filmmakers back in the 80s. Okay, so I assume you mean. I assume you mean. So right, they in they other words, it always like
0: like 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 when you when you're starting off now, for example. It's right. best to try and do, you know, um, pretty much just go into your roots and try and do one of those horror films that John Carpenter and right. you know, these guys did and right. got big off, you know. So so I, I get where you're coming from.
1: Um, and that, this style of horror is an easy format. You don't yeah. have to spend money. It's actually quite, you could do everything on the cheap. Um, but it's time to become a little tra- transparent. And nice more problem, though.
0: Yeah, I, I, I hear what you I mean. Um, but I, I still welcome them because I mean, it's not like, oh well it's a new year we have to look up for a new 80s throwback show or 80s throwback movie right you know um if, okay. if they're there and they're done well i would i would i would support it if they're not done well and you know it's it's very rarely that those things really happen um i would i would right. just kind of just not care you know but this one the void i thought was done uh, reasonably well um it didn't really do anything that different or you know, amazing, which I think is the kind of downside to actually trying to do these sort of eighties throwbacks is that, you know, at least yeah. with movies like the thing, um especially the thing for example, in terms of, you know, creature design and those special effects that it did were, you know, groundbreaking at the time, you know, I mean you would look at it now and be like, oh, it's just a, 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 a kind of, you know, gluttonous mass of tentacles and flesh and all kind of thing, but Just what they did there, you know, pre-CGI is really amazing. Um, And the subject of that, though, well, from what 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 I've learned about this movie here, is that they do rely on a lot of um, uh, prosthetics in this film, which, you know, is really surprising. I think it's probably near the end where they use, uh, well, they use some CG here and there, but I know for the most part, in terms of the creature effects, it's a lot of prosthetics that they use. And I thought that was very impressive. Um, I'm not saying that You know Horror or sci-fi Is just You know Like when Like for example If you are Up and coming director It's like Oh well I just need a franchise To make my name with You know So Right Here's sci-fi Here's horror They could be done cheap I could You know um, not pay my actors that much, and um, you know it could <laughs> make a lot of money. Could you know? Yeah, but I could, I could, right. I could ship it around to a few festivals. Get you know, get my name out there, get a buzz. You know, I don't know if does he, if and that's that's the approach with yeah. them. I, I can't see because uh, I don't know that. So
1: no, it really, a lot of it really comes across like that because really and truly, it's you know, let's. I mean, horror is something that you have to is is really about technique and skill. It's all about showing off your skill. So if you could pull it off, you could pull it off, and you could do it. Um, and again, everything on the cheap because. Less, I mean, people a lot of low budget filmmakers should avoid CG at all costs. Of course. Um, of even, course. High budget, even, yeah. even high budget filmmakers should avoid them, I mean, and we'll get into that with Arthur. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know I I I I'm kinda mad that I have to be talking about the meta general meta narrative of a film with this one. Um because it just was so transparent the techniques and, and approach they took with this. Um another movie kinda remember, a little bit was the mist. A little bit. A oh. little bit of mist in here. Um, but oh, that that, but that yeah. movie! Oh gosh,
0: <laughs> I know there's a TV yeah, you know? show for coming out, you know. Um, Spike you know? TV's, bring it out! Yay, uh, Spike! Yeah, well, I, I, <laughs> yeah, Spike TV. you. With <laughs> probably one of the worst endings I've ever seen, intentionally or right. unintentionally, of a horror movie. Oh my god! Right. But right. anyway, but right. but yeah. back to the void, though. Um, but right. The good thing about this show here, what I got is that there is a genuine love and passion not just for the franchise, sorry, not just for the genres, but also for the directors that they pay in tribute to or at least that style of, you know that that kind of Lovecraftian slash gruesome, you know horror, sci-fi, hybrid kind of films, you know, um, you can right. really tell that these, these, these people not just doing it just, you know, it's not a gimmick to them, they really do love the the the, the um the genre and the directors that, you know, contributed so much into it, so you could see that you know you could you could tell that they're not just doing it just because they actually do have a passion for it um but the thing is that you know with the genre itself it really couldn't i mean just taking away story i mean technique well that's what you're saying about technique it would help you know now in 2017 or 2016 whenever it came out if they could have just done something just a little bit um different a little bit um, innovative not asking for much because you know i was seeing that they are kind of you know, Breaking out basically In terms of getting the name out there in terms of film But you know right. Because you're kind of paying tribute to, to, to Genres you know it's easy To just take this element And that element and that element and that element But if you're not really doing much with it then Kind of like what's your point unless you're doing a spoof of it Like say Black Dynamite then you could Get away with that fine you, you know you make fun right, of it Right 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 but you know that, that That's the risk that one I imagine Runs into when you're doing you know um, these sort of Homages to you know '80s or '70s um, style films, now. but all that aside, right. though, I I appreciated the film. I, I enjoyed it for the most part. I thought that the acting yeah. was was decent, not great, but decent. Um, I like the way how the characters kind of react to all this WTFness that's going on. And yes, there's a lot of WTF stuff going on. Um, the music, I, I thought was 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 decent, not memorable, but decent. Um, yeah. But it's really the the um, the prosthetics and the gore and the the creature effects that was re- what really wowed me. And you know those moments where you see all the blood and gore and thing; those moments genuinely did freak me out. Uh, to the but not like you know turning away from the from the um from the screen, but more like, you know, what the hell going on here? You know, it just always had me right. just asking that question. What I wish, though, unfortunately, is that um is that you know the the what's underneath the surface of this film wasn't that ambiguous so at the end of it unfortunately you kind of walk out like I didn't really know what the void is not the movie but just the actual void or what the portal was or the characters or creatures that's coming in and out of the void what's really going on I mean you do get a reveal of what's kind of going on in the hospital I wouldn't reveal that but still it's kind of like it still kind of it still leaves you with questions hanging and with something like this like I know um like I'm not expecting a sequel for this anytime soon. I know that Stephen and Jeremy are bigger than this. They could actually just use the the um you know the buzz that they got from that to actually make a more competent a better movie. But I'm not saying that right. they should go all Sam Raimi and just do sequels. Which oh yes, and by the way, this movie owes a lot also to The Evil Dead, especially in the Wait, interior yep. shots, yeah. the characters yeah. just turning into creatures. Uh, one thing in particular. The um the kills in the war just as um as cu- a couple of the yeah. kills in the film remind me of Evil Dead not just of the yeah. weapon used by the human but also the way how the the the, the um the creature was squealing has this yeah. eh, 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 kind yeah, of way, yeah. like how the original Evil Dead was a lot of this kind of yeah. weird squealing yeah I was like yeah that that's Evil Dead right there but I'm not You're expecting right. these guys to do. The void too, where we go and learn more about it. I, I I think the movie has to has to get a lot of buzz, has to get like this cult following, and you know, just a great reception for them to actually do it. But I wouldn't, I yeah. wouldn't recommend that they do it. It's like this, this 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 foray into serious um, filmmaking and not just what I assume a kind of parody slash spoof stuff. Right. But I thought for the most part, like I thought it was really decent. Um, this. Is clearly for the die-hard um, horror heads, especially ones who grew right. up on like eighties films, like you know Evil Dead, the thing, and Hellraiser. Yes, there's a little bit of Hellraiser in it as well, too, with the whole portal and the main yeah, villain yeah, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Blah blah blah. Um, right. But still, I just wish that you know the story wasn't all that ambiguous. It didn't kind of leave me wondering, well, you know, what is this and what is this, and it didn't really explain right. much to me. It was just all about yeah the mystery and you know what is this, what is it? I mean, it work... It's just that when it ends, like, yeah, but I still want to know what that was. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, right.
1: No, that's that the problem I had with this is that my attitude was, look, if you're doing the whole homage stuff and you're doing something that's not wholly original, but it's like, well, these movies could have come out in the 80s. That attitude, right? The 80s nostalgia, fine. Right, right,
0: right.
1: The problem is that here's what you have to do with stuff like that. you're not. It's not a spoof, okay? Mm-hmm. Then the, what you have to do is really like flesh out that world and mix, make the world and the, 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 I don't know, the law of it, quote unquote. Really coherent and really Honestly, fleshed yeah, up.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We didn't get that with this, and I hate that because you did not you don't do a world building exercise, and that's so that so it just really comes across as well. Um, I don't want to go as far as saying cargo cult, but it's that's how it feels. It's it's you're doing something copying without the effect, and again, only play to the beats of um, horror movie thing. Yeah. And, and I'll admit, even big big studios do the same problem. I mean, a lot of these big horror movies, plenty of them about the half-ass it, and then people still make money because it's a horror horror head fans out there to see this
0: as you mentioned that sorry to cut today um i do understand what you mean because it it's it's kind of like you know because it's horror right you can get right. away with being as cookie and as scary and as wtf as you want but if right. your story is still kind of flimsy, you could just say you could just throw a bunch of blood, a bunch of guts and stuff, and be like, right. "Well, that's the point." It's just supposed to be about scares, and that's and about about that, the story, right. exactly. so we get think and be like, "Well, right. maybe this is what that was about, and maybe that was you know." It, it's kind of like a cop out, but I I do understand what you right mean. exactly.
1: This, this but this and this this kind of fell into that trap. Now. It is like, oh well, we just kind of decide to cop out and then you know do anything with it interesting, and I don't hate it. Um, I don't hate this movie, but. Because every, everything just felt so boilerplate, I couldn't get into it. It was way too basic and straightforward. They didn't do anything interesting with this. Like, okay, yes, I know who H.P. Lovecraft is. Thank you. You know, another... It, was not, it didn't engage me, sorry. Yeah. I don't know if I, if I eat a bad, a bad sandwich or something like that and get sick while I was watching it. I ain't sure. But I just wasn't into this, you know, the way I should... I thought I would have... I'll admit I'm not a big horror fan because that's my big problem with horror is that horror needs to be coherent and most horror movies aren't coherent. The characters need to be dumb... You know, there <laughs> yeah. is certain characters need to. This character needs to be an idiot. That character needs to be this, that, or the other, and this, this kind of just fell into all of the normal traps. Nobody felt perfectly logical in this. So, well, I don't expect them to, but I don't, no one felt s- smart no. in this anyway. But, uh, they just fell into all that, of the there, same traps.
0: Yeah, there is one character, right? It's a, it's a girl, right? I, yeah. um, this Asian girl, well, Asian American or Canadian, whatever the hell, right? Yeah. I felt honestly, she was like the dumbest character in that whole movie. It's like yeah. they were, there's this moment where they're telling her because somebody got stabbed now. They're telling her, "Add pressure, you know, put your hand on the wound, add pressure yeah. to the wound." And so she's like, ah, "I don't know what to yeah, do." Yeah, yeah. And, and, ah, and, ah, like, and like, and that, it's like bitch, yeah, just told totally uh, what to all do. All that stuff, doing. come on. Yeah,
1: and look, listen, and all know. of that stuff, all of that stuff could be somewhat plausible. And again, a lot of horror fans say like, "Well, no, how guilt would behave like that," and so on. so. It's like, come oh, on, yes, dog. Yeah, like, oh, just oh, have some some degree of you know, charitability for men. Yeah. Whatever. No, no, no. I um, mentioned
0: that, right, um, just a slight little spoiler of what we're going to do next week with, um, our, all right. So basically we're going to talk about the, alien yeah. The first movie in particular, right? Verona cat, white cat, cat rights character, right? Um, she played, uh, gosh, I forget any person's name. Um, Lambert, right? Right. She was that one girl, who was always crying and whimpering and I was like, <laughs> Right. <laughs> every time I saw that, yeah, that yeah. girl in, in the void, she reminded me of that. And there was this interview that right. Verona was seeing, Veronica was saying, where um she was she basically was playing the character. She was she was like the audience now. She was scared, to so every time the right. alien would come across, she'd be scared. But I mean, oh gosh. There are moments in Alien where they are telling Lambert, run, get out of there. And she's by this right. door. She could go left or right. And she's like, "Yeah, yeah." Ah! Ah! And I saw the same thing here with the girls. I was like, "Come on, are they doing this again?" Like, I don't like right. that kind of character. No, I it's
1: know. it's a it's a it's a it's a trope. It's the it's the trope. It's the type of character that needs to be there. And I I really I'm so tired of that. Like, whatever. I suppose it's just my general incredulity about the whole scenario. But whatever. It's, it's a trope in horror? You need a person to freak out. Whatever. Moving on. Um, yeah, but i I'm think gonna it give makes this sense one
0: in 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 2017. Right. just saying. I I agree. With right,
1: you. right. And that's the thing. Another thing too is that some of these characters need to be somewhat genre savvy. That that's something again for the pop two is like yes, you've seen horror movies, therefore you should start to be more careful about scenarios that are like horror movies. Well, we You're living assume in 2017. that
0: they haven't watched horror movies. I don't know why. have Right. But they haven't. What a-
1: Whatever. Yeah, anyway, Um for, ways, me, for me, I, I, it? yeah, Written. Written. I get us one, uh, a CC8, I mean, we're not going to season CC8, but it dies, like, basically like 6 out of 10, I didn't hate it, it was still competent, Let, I'll give it that, it was very competent, um, again, creature count, creature stuff and actual special effects, um, was solid, um, for the most part, uh, yeah, I get a little bit of CG, that was kind of noticeable, um, but this was just way too boilerplate for me, I just, I just was so... T- like the person it has come across as a, a more like a scissor reel for for um movie movie buyers rather than on a movie mart rather than an actual audience. It really didn't come across like anything for an actual audience to me. Um but as I said.
0: Right. Okay, well for me, uh, I'm, you I'm, know I'm, you're gonna make an next movie eventually. Yeah, yeah. You know? Right. Well for right. me, I'm I'm actually a lot more fair to this one than you. Um I would give this a light three and a half out of five. Um it's it knows its audience. It's clearly for the the die horror head but it also for the um the it, it also plays for the 80s nostalgia crew you know the ones who think that 80s horror is like the greatest horror and i'll admit yeah. you know the 80s although in my opinion i thought the 70s were a great uh great decade but the 80s in particular was so innovative in terms of horror and of course in terms of gore and stuff like that so it caters I, to that audience so it like that but i kind of see this one like being just for the like, it will have its cult fans, if you will, but to everybody right. else who just looking for something kind of, you know, fresh or something innovative or something a little, you know, thought-provoking, see, like, a get-out, they just watch this and be like, yeah, yeah kind of, you know, uh, you know, sh- shock, shock value, for the sake of shock value, right. core, blah, 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 right. blah, blah, but nothing new, really, you know, but I, I still enjoy it for the most part, I, I don't see myself... Watching this again Or probably Buying this on home media But you know If you do get a chance To see right. it I say give it a look But if you're Not we'll into it, yeah. that kind of horror Or you're not into 80s nostalgia Then skip it You, it, it wouldn't be anything new to you Right Right Okay so Moving from that Now we're gonna get to um, The TV now With uh, Season 2 Of one of my favorite TV shows Of 2015 Master of None Which is a Comedy right. drama series Um it stars my boy Aziz Ansari Who um, you right. may know from The excellent um, TV series is Gone But whatever um, Parks and Recreation yep. Yeah And once again he plays the character of Dev Shaw Shaw, sorry He's in his Well, early 30s I, I believe he's um 23 years old Yeah He's this actor yeah. He's trying to get by He's trying to You know, start his career uh, He lives in New York um, By himself in this really nice You know, plush apartment um his parents are always trying to encourage him to, you know, to do the writing and live his life the the way he could and all that kind of stuff. Um you see him interact with his friends. He has this Asian friend um named Brian. He has this um tall friend by the name of um Anil. Really cool guy as well too. Um the guy who plays him, Eric Wareham, I believe that's a pronounce his name. He also I, Wahim Warham. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. He directed um a few of the episodes of um last season and this season as well too. I he's he's yeah, basically he's, uh, like real he, trying to play the whole uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger from Twins. That's it. That's his. Um, right. No. Basically.
1: If you, uh, you're not right. So you're not familiar with um, Tim and Eric at all. You never watched your uh, show?
0: No, I haven't. But oh, so he's yes, Eric. Tim from, and Eric. Oh well, Eric and Tim and Eric. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, you don't know that, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no,
0: no. I yeah, Eric. Yeah, Eric I, Warren, I, yeah. I, I missed that double. Uh, oops. Uh,
1: um, yeah. it's a good boat here, mister. Eh? That it's a good thing you're probably Mr. Boat. But no, he well, in it, my it opinion sucks. is an excellent director. Okay. Sorry?
0: No, I see that it's it, not it
1: sucks, it no, not really. But it it's a really tempered type of humor that you'll probably fucking hate. Like it have people who love it or hate it. Alright, all
0: right. Um it's, but, it's that it's that that far, okay.
1: It's that. Mm-hmm. It's that. It, but he um he in my opinion is an excellent director um he has done some really solid business he did i think i'm um, one of those um he did he directed the video for bubble butt i think
0: <laughs> you're serious as in yeah um, I think so. major leezer's bubble butt yeah that i think i think so yeah <laughs> no yes i want yeah, to so call that? it terrible it's just shallow very very, very it's that,
1: that but he, he does that style of human and that aesthetic estet- now
0: okay can kind of tell I think that, it's again that, yeah. that whoever directed that, if it was really him. Yeah, he was on shit when he made that. Like he just thinks, right exactly. Yeah, it's, you
1: know it's, I mean? He's that guy. Yeah, yeah, that straight style, of aesthetic, and humor. whatever yeah. take a dumb song, him, yeah.
0: make make a similarly dumb video. I get okay.
1: Right, pretty right. much. Yeah.
0: Um. Okay. So from last season, where they last stopped off, um basically what happened is that um Dev had this white girlfriend by the name of Rachel, and they right. basically were having their kind of ups and downs into their relationship. And it kind of ends where she leaves with her friends to go to Japan because, um, I'll get to the whole issue of, you know, how they approach life in the 30s and whatnot. Um, right. She just kind of got fed up of not taking risks in life. So she just went with her friends. Her friends were going to Japan, well, sorry, to Tokyo. She's like, well, you know, let me just take this chance because, you know, what would happen if I miss it? So she goes. And Dev, yeah. you know, um, well, we kind of see it through the course of um, season one is very interesting cooking, more particularly in um, cooking pasta. So he just says, you know what, I' right. going to go to Italy. I'm going to yeah. go to yeah. to, to pasta making school. I don't know what's going to happen there. Just going, you know, try a thing. You know what I mean? And you know, he just leaves. So um, season two kind of pretty much opens um, in this excellent, excellent, excellent um, uh, season premiere episode which um right off the bat pays tribute to um uh italian neorealism. so okay the, entire, right. the so the entire episode is shot in black and white and the wow. a majority so of a,
1: it What's called it um bicycle teams
0: yeah 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 and yeah, yeah there are shots of um dev riding his bike it's in the poster for right. um for the season um and also there's a lot of um there's a majority of italian dialogue used throughout this episode it's only re- is only every once in a while um dev and this other character who are getting to they actually talk in english so it's just really like him just kind of um well it it's pretty much like a few months have passed basically so we kind of see him adjust right. to um to life in this um small town and um he has a, a friend of his. Well, he, he makes a friend, actually, by the name of Fran- uh, Francesca, this really attractive Italian-born um, actress. And she, well, he's his apprentice at this pastor's shop. She owns this little, um, she works at this little shop there, too. And you see their little friendship together and whatnot. And then um, he kind of pretty much passes the course that he was doing, the apprenticeship. And then he's given the yep. option to go back to the States or, you know, continue, you know, um. Continue his studies in Italy So of course because he misses his friends He misses his family He goes back to New York in the um, next episode And from there His um, talent agent played once again By Daniel Brooks we remember as uh um, miguel tasty from orange and New black she's like my yeah. favorite character right. in the <laughs> whole show she's so bubbly and all that kind of stuff and she's always right. like that always so lively and loud-mouthed and stuff so she gets him this gig on this show called clash the cupcakes so it's, yes right. it's exactly as you may guess it is a it, it, sorry it's exactly as it sounds it's a game show you know two teams have to make the best cupcake and he's the host and all that kind right. of stuff you've seen that before right so oh, okay. um right so you got the hosting gig right yeah, so while that's going on, there's a little subplot where he runs into um uh I forgot the, right, his his the character's name is Jeff Pastore, but he's played by Bobby Cannavale, Or Cannavale, okay. I believe that's what his name is. Last time I saw him, well yes, there was Ant Man, there was Spy, and he was also in Boardwalk Empire. He was a great character in that too. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> right. yeah, so he um, is a chef as well too. He kinda got him the gig as well and he kind of wants him to stay on for seven more seasons but dev is like well i don't know because i'm not sure if this thing is for me and that's kind of really going up to what the this whole show is about just him trying to navigate his way through life and him not ever being sure if this is the right choice or what and we do get some great episodes along the way where or one one particularly great episode is where his um his parents who are muslim kind of bringing their um their muslim f- um friends it's like this um mother father and um well uh son i believe he's like a, yeah he's a he's a teenager basically and dev is like the type of person he, he he say he's not he's he's not always into the muslim faith he eats pork and stuff so he tries to get the boy right. into eating pork they they, they duck go into to mosque to go to this um to this <laughs> um this barbecue exposing so they're eating pork right. and stuff and they're trying to hide it from the parents now you know they, they they want to you know live life but on their own terms They don't want to be tied down to religion um another great right. episode is with um with dev's lesbian gil- um, lesbian friend denise and basically well the name of the episode is thanksgiving and we see um throughout the course of her life and it's all centered on you know different thanksgivings in different years. So we see how um, how Denise's mother, played by Angela Bassett of all people, yes, there is a solid um, set of um, guest features in the show, and yeah, yeah. Gr- well, Denise growing up. And you know, trying to come out and talk, you know, tell her mother and aunt play by Kim Whitley, who I haven't seen in ages, that okay, yeah, she's gay. Wow, okay. Yeah, I was like, shit, Kim Whitley, do, wow, okay. Oh shit, so still looking Milfi, by the way. But right yeah. Well, yeah, no, she always used to look at eh? her. Yeah, yeah, used to yeah. And All right, know, uh, she, she, yeah, yeah, got you. Yeah, and it's just this whole thing with her. Her feeling uncomfortable every time she brings her girlfriend through to um to dinner because um there's right. there's the, the the great the grandmother that's also there and she knows she knows little to nothing about um about Denise's sexual orientation so every time she brings right. in her girlfriend it's always like yeah this is my friend and then the mother and the yeah, aunt yeah, picking yeah. up on how she hogging her up and stuff and she like that kind of thing there so that kind of stuff but really the main story centers on um on Dev and Francesca because um Francesca does um visit the states she meets up with Dev Dev takes (laughs) her to you know takes her around New York and she loves New York and all that kind of stuff the problem is is that she's engaged to this guy called Pino she is he basically is this um well basically Pino is um Francesca's only boyfriend like from since they were like um late teens whatever they've been together and like suddenly he does pop the question so there's this kind of love triangle thing going on where dev really wants to be with francesca because uh, Rachel is no longer with him anymore and you yeah. know like from last season they had it ups and downs they, they just couldn't get along together unfortunately so dev had to move on he found francesca he falls in love with her but the problem is that she's engaged and then there's this really 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 sweet bittersweet actually kind of love triangle thing going on um I'll just get into right. what I really loved about the, about this um season here. The characterization, especially with Dev. Dev, I, I don't wanna say right. he's the everyman, but because he he is in his early thirties, I can more than relate to him. You're right. Because I am well, we You're both are in just... our early thirties, you know. I right. remember um last now, you time you just... mentioned millennial when when I mentioned before that there's that mm-hmm. there was catering for the millennial crowd, not so much. It's really more for the people in the thirties who just want to do the best. You know, always everything is always about Go into the best restaurant Buy any best clothes Yo, that's, Best thing Best that's that millennial. You know it's, it's, oh, it's that You know what I mean Which is something I can relate yeah. to You know You always want to know What the best restaurant is You always want to know where the right. best place to buy Tacos or whatever All that kind of stuff But yeah
1: Right Um, No but As I said I I look at it As the millennial version Of Louis um, Because when I want ah, to see, okay. When I went to see it 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 wasn't necessarily that, but it was a little bit like that. It was just, again, the circuit for that generation. And the big part about with Dev is the whole immigrant aspect of things. I, I heard yes, it of, Yes, yes, yes. I didn't watch it. I haven't seen it, but I heard they do a lot of immigrant stuff. And they did a lot of Caribbean, I heard they, they touch upon some Caribbean immigrant stuff, from what I understand.
0: Well... I think that's
1: episode three. I ain't sure.
0: Um, you mean of, of of this season? Or last yeah. season? I don't know, but I, that's what our friend told me.
1: Okay, well, it. I, don't, well, I really don't watch it myself yet.
0: All right. Well, actually that third episode was um was on the same religion thing, but as you mentioned that episode 6 in my opinion is probably the best yeah. episode of the season, thus uh, hands down. Why? Right. Um okay, so first of all, this show really pays a lot of tribute to Richard um Linklater, right? Linklater, sorry. Okay. Um yeah, the yeah. way how the characters talk, the sort of free form kind of Style of talking So it's not I don't want to call it seinfeld as kind of um, uh, Dialogue But it feels so right. natural And real Like this is how Characters would talk They would always Like if something happened to them They'll always kind of Trail off about Well this thing happened da, 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 da. It, But it feels so natural though But anyway But this particular episode here New York I Love You Um Okay so what they do Is that they pay I don't want to say that It's paying tribute directly To this show Um right so Richard's debut movie was called Slacker it's not a show that I really like like I do get where he's coming from with it but basically it's I remember Simpsons kind of parodied it or um it's either that only parodied that Robert Altman I think it's a Robert Altman show that he um poked fun at. but basically the idea is that a character you see like a character you'd focus on his character for about a few minutes and then that character would leave and bounce into somebody else and then somebody else will come into the shot and then you focus on that one character and then continue on continue on and continue on until the very end where they come back to the very first um, set of characters so it starts off with dev and denise and Annal, and you go in to see this this movie called death castle with um with nicholas cage and some other people right. in it and it starts off with this doorman named eddie he's this um hispanic guy and we see how um well he and the other people working at this hotel uh minorities right And we do see how they look at these white people that, well, mostly white people, that show up um, in this hotel. And then it cuts to, well, right afterwards, they get into, what they do, this this moment actually blew me away, right? They cut into this black girl who works at the store, catches, she's deaf. So as soon as her story begins, everything, all audio is cut off. I'm like okay, okay. We well, we'll in and here. Right, well, 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 all right. Yeah, well, one spoiler, one spoiler. But basically, the story is centered on her. She's deaf, so she has to kind of sign language everything, and it's silent until we get to the other character, and that character is not Caribbean actually, but he's um French, right? So he's, okay. he's um he's black French. He came down. He's a taxi driver, and he's seen all these characters. Well, his um, friends who also, um, you know. Who are also French and black, and how they deal with life in New York. But that episode, I thought, was excellent, right. just the way how they show these characters. Um, but as I said before, the the real highlight of this is just that relationship between Dev and um, and Francesca, and I thought you know the moments between the two of them was just so generally sweet, but at the same time you know really bittersweet at the same time because you you really want Dev to. Well overall like I say with In terms of characterization What I love is that Dev is a Or the way how Aziz plays Dev He's the kind of person That you want him to win you It's rooting for him to win Or succeed in everything That he does Whether it's Going on Tinder And finding a girlfriend You know To spend the night with Yes this is one episode Where he goes on Tinder He finds these bunch of girls So it kind of cuts back to him Just talking to different girls And kind of hoping that Yeah right. he could get through one But you know I want not see what happens there Um Right and you kind of want this guy to because you really like him he's so likable and you really want him to to um to get with francesca at the end i'm not gonna see how it ends though but it's on this really bittersweet note that that's all i'll say um when this show really hits you in terms of emotion it does it very 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 well i mean it will make you laugh i mean it's a comedy but at the end of the day it's a drama and you will Feel that those those romantic moments—it's real. Anybody can relate to that, whether it's about religion or sexual orientation or any case with uh, with Dev and Francesca, you know, unrequited love. You know, wanting to be with somebody, but you're not really sure because you're not really sure what your path is going to be in life. And just that whole thing right. about him trying to figure out, you know, this trajectory in life. You know, that's something that I could relate to on a personal level. And just seeing him go through that in New York best state in the world in my best state in America in my opinion I just love New York so much so I don't know I just always have this affinity with shows about New York See, so you love that nightlife you right. love what he's into but at the same time you're feeling the struggle not just because he's an American but also because he's a minority he's 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 um he's Indian you know and him always having right. to deal with that even right down to him being on this TV show and how people look at him and all that kind of stuff so there's all these things going on Um, but yeah the acting is solid throughout um the dialogue or at least the writing is excellent. Um the musical choices, oh my god, just like last season, the musical choices are so on point. Like I was hearing Tupac, I was hearing um Diggable Planets cool like that. I was hearing yeah, some yeah. some old school Italian love songs that I haven't even heard of, but I wanna hear them even more because they just sound so 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 sweet and nice, you know, and it's just like this it's just you could tell that the, the people in, involved in this really love this craft, they love the story, they love the characters they just love making this thing um, even right down to the moments in Italy well, it's shot on location in Italy of course, you know, just the right. care and attention that they put into making their sh- you know, the shots look so exquisite and beautiful even to New York and all like a majority of the shots in this, uh, in this series are so well done so beautiful, so gorgeous um and yeah, like I say, you have this really, really likable protagonist That you want, you really want to see him win You really want to, you really want to root with him, you know Even when he makes a couple of mistakes here and there Because, you know, he's human, whatever But, you know, it's just life, boy And how life does just come and, you know, kick in your ass every once in a while And how he has to deal with it And, you know, sometimes it's pretty better Sometimes not so much, you know um, But yeah, I could yeah. gush about this for so, you know, for, for forever but yeah, I genuinely love the season. The season really surprised me. I wasn't sure where they were going to go in terms of the Italy thing. Cause figure out like shipping me was of Weta So this whole series is gonna be in Italy. Not exactly. Um but they do manage to make things fresh and um, really vibrant and fun. But also you really have a sense of humanity and emotion and stuff, and that's really at the core of the show. Um lots of great um cameos as well like um uh who who was in this play? Um Sierra Rennie, who you would remember as okay. playing um oh gosh, Hawk from Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. She was in a particular yeah. episode, yeah. she was playing Arnold's ex. So she called she like she she called um Arnold to come to Italy because she was getting married in Italy. So yeah, there's right. this episode with with Arnold having to deal with the fact that the ex gonna get married to this guy who kinda looks like him but just shorter and you know all these things. Um what else? Even I saw um John Legend. John Legend had a, right. had a really brilliant cameo. He sung this really he did this great cover of a Michael Jackson song, Can't Help It. It was so nice, so beautiful. Um and yeah. So acting was on point, cameos was on point, cinematography and just how the shots look together, you know, all, all together really beautiful, really gorgeous. You know, you could tell it's like a love letter to both Italy and New York. But, you know, still it's about that whole pursuit of happiness and the pursuit of love and how sometimes those things don't exactly work out the way we expect. They don't always right. work out the you know we expect. And you how life will always be like in the movies. You know, love conquers all. You'll know, succeed if you work hard. But it's not always as easy as that. And, you know, that's just one of quite a few powerful messages in this series. So, overall, I have to give this a strong... Season 2, I should say. I have to give this a strong 4 out of 5 stars. This is... Hands down right. One of the best shows I've seen in a long while So yeah This is going to make My top 10 for sure In terms of best TV shows Of this year nice. um, I really strongly recommend That you check it out Netflix way All in a roll This year um, Iron Fist aside But yeah All the shows Is yeah. on point But yeah If 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 really, You know If you guys are looking For something You know um, Different to check out By all means I really strongly recommend That you do Check out Mass of None Season 2 And Season 1 as well You'll love both okay yeah
1: um yeah i well i saw season one um uh, when you recommended it to me last year and those i was, uh, was fucking awesome so yeah <laughs> i'm more likely expected to enjoy this one as well yeah cool. um
0: but just only just quickly um what you thought about that that particular season um what, this, one yeah season one yeah it was great
1: uh i really liked it Um. Uh, again he was funny he did great you know great again good good older millennial You know. material just people winning in the early 30s what they're going through right now he kind of just covers a lot of that. And he's quite conscientious in his writing, in my opinion. Yes, yes. He was writing yes. the episodes on how to, how to cover all the emotional beats and make it work. Yeah. It, it's, it's solid business. Yeah, I, 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 I'll sit on and watch this one and i get it time.
0: Yeah, and and just finally... And you thing think because he has this funny face and this characterization about him. He could do emotional scenes very well. Like Especially in the last couple of episodes where... um Yes, it's about him and Francesca. I thought those were really powerful moments. It's like, yeah, I am really feeling what this guy is going through it's not just about you know um you know he has this kind of way of talking you know that kind of fast kind of style you know that kind of charisma yeah, yeah you know that charisma that he has but he can do dramatic scenes very well i was very impressed by that so yeah um right. can't wait to see yes slight spoiler what um what season three is gonna offer but i can't Definitely. wait man i really really can't wait so yeah i loved season yeah. two by all means check it out all right. Cool. So moving from Master of None to a show that, ble- you know, still up to this day, forgive me. I don't know if it's just because of the lack of trailers or maybe it's just a post alone. But I know little to nothing about Lost City of Z.
1: Ah, uh, boy.
0: I well, really nothing about this. So well,
1: Lost City of it Z. It's British.
0: Of Z. Okay.
1: Yeah, Lost City of Z. Um. Right. This movie kind of catch more off guard so when you take lost city as Z area so the poster i didn't see the trailer i haven't seen a trailer for this i didn't watch the poster saw charlie Harnum, and i saw a decent score on metacritic so right. i was like all right that means it had to be something there something there yes uh, it's a movie that just went went blow on the radar cool go see it went to see it and yeah this was actually pretty damn good uh right, here's right, the thing all right, all right. it's not yet yet yet, yet you had to get taking some action-adventure in the in style of Land of the Lost or something like that, right? Of course,
0: there's something uh, no. titled The Lost City of Zed.
1: Yeah, no. Okay, so what it's about, it's actually a, a somber British biopic. Yeah, who do?
0: Okay. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> wow. it, it, that, it catch him off guard. And so what it is about, it's about this guy. He... Charlie play um, Oh gosh I forget his name. Okay so it's slipping my mind Because character names Is always slipping my mind All right now So I no, had to pull c out c Pull out the old oh, C4 Right Yes yeah, Thanks to was all, was the Fawcett. <laughs> Yeah Yeah no my brain Listen Google has destroyed That part of my brain To remember Actual facts Seriously <sighs> just, it, learn, is a problem. just learn
0: the maiden name Chad. Just pick up on the main name That's why I do
1: Nah I don't I don't even, I don't do that. It's just I don't have a list <laughs> out to, in front of me. Unless I just watch a damn movie. Alright,
0: alright. It's, it's all, all right.
1: about it's all about concept to me, whatever. Yeah. Um all right, continue. Yeah. so mm-hmm. first of all, played by by uh Charlie by Charlie Hunnam.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He oh by the way, we watch our Charlie Hunnam weekend <laughs> because yeah we are our next Charlie Hunnam. What what, what what fun yeah, you know?
0: had by seeing um, yeah. Jax from Sons of Anarchy, which is a great show by the way. Strongly recommend that. Yeah, you no, know, but
1: uh, Hollywood Hollywood trying to make Charlie Hunnam happen. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. um percy fawcett he's uh basically a, a kind of middle class well upper middle class kind of uh, you know kind of guy he's a soldier in the mm-hmm. army
0: not surprised middle class Yeah, to be some kind of you want to have guy. his
1: career yeah. yeah no well you'll see why they do with it he's military he's he's upper upper class. he's part of like uh the movie starts with him being in a basically it's a, like a, a hunt basically a hunt on horses and he's a guy that has to prove himself um he what happens that it's not it's not clear from the film but for understand they they kind of piece together that his father lost land or was like a upper cross person that kind of lost um, kind of came came into disrepute now and that that passed on to him so his career is like in a spiral and he kind of have to make it now so his whole his whole bag is to like make something of himself do something interesting you know he always wanted to he, he had to he do the kill he, he got the kill on the hunt he used the person that, you know, is the Uppercross guy getting invited to the big parties, being connected to the big Uppercross type of people. And then he got... He, so what is that that didn't really work out because they heard who his father was, who again right. is apparently a drunk, I think. If I understand, it didn't really piece to exactly what his father did. Okay. Um, but basically it put him, it put him and his, his family in dispute, more or less. But even though, so, you know, that is England's history. now. It's, it's the early 20th century, you know. So it's before World War One. um... So everything is about, you know, in the parties and making, making himself look good and all of that shit, right? Yeah. And he now, um, his life now takes an interesting turn because he he gets kind of blank from the, the supposed uh, uppercross guys. So, you know, he, it's kind of his last chance to, to come up in the ranks. Right. And he gets something from the Royal Geographic Society run by Ian McDermott. Yeah. Oh, okay. Palpatine himself was in this. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, so he goes he goes on a trip to Bolivia and uh-huh. a, so here's what I say it's a, it's a British biopic all of this is apparently a true story he goes to Bolivia things go really strange he meets a character called Henry uh um, played by Robert Pattinson who's really damn good in this actually um, uh, who, who the thoughts? Um his wife wa- yeah he left he left his wife Sienna Miller she was okay in this and he goes to Bolivia to, to learn to just do um, what do you call it by uh, surveying he's right. actually surveying and Piece together the land and making sense of the land, mostly to do with rubber, because it's our big Bolivia had a lot of rubber at the time now. Um, in terms of rubber, real rubber trees and you know the rubber industry now. That's a lot of money going in and out of there now. Um, remember it's still colonialism, remember a lot of colonies, colonies exist still. Um so this basically what happened is that he discovered he's kind of the first guy, or at least the first big person to discover. That wait, it had civilizations in somewhere other than England, you know, in the, in, the, in, the, in Europe. You, know, you never really find civilizations in any other part of the world other than, say, um, Egypt and China, other than Europe itself. So the movie takes that turn. It goes on a soapbox about, you know, the white man isn't that superior after all, <laughs> <Yeah>. ah, <laughs> you know, all right, from at least I from a understand. historical standpoint. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, cool. Basically, it's about the his life and him having to prove him finding he saw basically he saw a lot of evidence of pottery and this city and he decided to could dub the city the lost city of Z. And it's just a lot of things getting in his way. He had to go back home and they, he had he joined the Royal Geographic Society. He they, a lot of people kinda laugh him out of the room when he tries to prove that this city exists. Um another guy, another big explorer, uh who has had a lot of big expeditions in the Arctic or the Antarctic if I remember correctly, or I think the Arctic. He also, we also come to, come to him in Bolivia, he had to meet the natives, they spent a lot of time with the natives and a lot of dangerous shit went down there. Um, there's a really brutal scene involving um, Piranha where a guy falls in the water, that was real, real oh. dark. And Jeez. basically um, Robert Patton stays loyal to him pretty much short, almost the entire movie more or less. Um, then World War I hits, they have to fight in the war, they survive. Um, one of the other friends who was one of the explorers, well I don't want to spoil what happened with him. Um, There he gets. Well, I don't want to spoil what happened to him in World War One because that's pretty goddamn dark. And he goes back to the city with his adult son. By that, by that, by the time his son becomes an adult, who's about about 19 at this point, um, Jack Fawcett, that's played by Tom Holland, Spider-Man, right? Ah,
0: okay, sweet
1: Yeah, so this is a kind of it's basically a kind of Oscar baitish kind of movie. Um, but
0: good Oscar baitish or uh,
1: well, we're gonna get to that. Here's here's the problem. I thought the acting was pretty good, right? Mm. Acting, acting was solid for me. Um, the, the story itself actually pretty damn good because, you know, the theme of the story of, you know, just all these things getting in your way in life and you just never get to really accomplish them in the time you wanted to. And life just kind of just took a turn for the worse in, in um, you know, for him in term, all of these things just get into the way and he was, but ultimately he was, well, supposedly validated. I think that's the whole idea. Um, even though you might not see it in your own lifetime, you will you will be validated, you know, in the, in the long long run. Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this movie I didn't regret it I went into it blind I didn't regret it I was expecting again an adventure film in the, in the vein of a land that they lost um, you know that kind of shit. but no it was just a really somber British biopic that we got um, the, but the big downsides of it the pacing pacing uh, wasn't particularly good um, there are a couple of scenes that could have cut in my opinion and it had some bad blocking in some of those scenes. A couple of these scenes in particular, especially with the wife, because they had to get in with his with the wife, and the wife is this big independent Wonder Woman apparently. <laughs> uh, but she, she, they keep, keep hearing us say this, but they showed no actual evidence of this on the screen. But whatever. Um, she herself, kind of, well, she goes on in it with in the end of her life because I don't want to say what happens to her at the end. Um, uh, about trying to validate the fella and trying to validate the husband and, and, you know, proving he lost the ex exists and all of this stuff because he just, he never showed any evidence, any direct evidence of it. No. Um, the thing is, this could have done it with a more expert touch um, in that sense because when you're doing these big biopic films, you have to, you have to bring your A game. Sorry. You know, yeah. when you fuck it up, you'll, you'll fuck it up royally. Um, heavens Gate, anyone. Uh,
0: <laughs> legendary. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, that that's it. I I enjoyed this movie, but mostly because of how I didn't know what I was getting. Um, I suppose if I, if it was hyped and hyped as a big Oscar film, it would be um, it would probably get a lot of like bad reviews or whatever. It is. Yeah. I, I, I at least that's what I think. Yeah. If it was hyped in that, they they kept it under the under the radar, I, and I'm not that surprised because Charlie Hunnam and, and Tom Holland, who's kind of the Kennedy big the two biggest names, while well, Robert Pattinson as well, There's um, probably the two biggest names in this. Three biggest names. They not really hyped for that it's not supposed to be the summer which biopic where acting matters um, so I could see why they, they buried the lead in this one it's kind of that yeah. Yeah, especially in, with Tom Holland and Spider-Man um, it, yeah it's, it's kind of unfortunate that they had such blood backing and, and, and pacing if it was brilliant it would get hyped more it wasn't brilliant it was just okay mm-hmm. it was, but it was still because it was a surprise and I didn't know what to expect I enjoyed it I enjoyed it for the most part I thought it was a good character piece Charlie Hunnam actually acted quite well in this he's pretty good I thought he was pretty good in this um sweet. Yeah, but I don't know, I'll just give this a quick rating. I, I just recommend go see that if you can find a chance. Um but I do recommend seeing it. I give this one a, a you know, a solid movie tongue actually.
0: Oh, ah, okay, cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um it's it's they could've again they could have they could have just put out the pacing and get the emotions done right. But it does emotional in the sense of yeah, it's a bullshit up to this man though. So you know he does never really get a proper chance to do this thing properly. And then you'll see with the ending. The ending a well, little on the dark end. But <laughs> it's good. Okay. Um. Yeah I recommend it Solid
0: Alright um, I don't know I'm I just thinking that Maybe if um, Like I'm not saying that There should have been more um, More Effort put into the marketing of this But I don't know Maybe right. if if it If it did catch my radar somehow I probably would have checked it out And appreciated no, it a little it, bit I don't know yeah, because, Something no, about nice that think, I, I, I know, think that. it's just because of the influx of the summer movies yeah. like the 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 what furious movies all this kind of stuff you know
1: yeah this came out this came out in 2016 and yeah. you're wondering like why now out in theaters because they, they really could not time it for um no way i think they could have timed it for oscar time no way right, right? yeah no way they, they could not time it in oscar time i think i didn't think it was finished it felt like the edit wasn't finished in time um so they didn't they couldn't put it out it's like all right whatever. Well, we just had to dump it and they end up dumping it i don't think it's that bad but yeah, I can see why they dumped it.
0: That's it. And it,
1: it did it did really it didn't really do particularly well in uh in you know for its its Brock's office Brock's Box office yeah. is actually pretty bad, but whatever.
0: Yeah. Now I just wondering now if um if it will have some kind of longevity somehow. I and I'm, I'm not talking about the yeah, media, I but if maybe at the end of the year some people might look at it as this, you know, that's some underrated gem somewhere, you know, like you know, within um, all, the b- all the big summer movies, there was this one show that came out that people kind of ignored. Yeah. But, you know, it's a great show, so yeah. go check it out. You know, I just have a feeling we might get some Right, like no,
1: yeah, you know, unless Charlie Hanneman and, and, you know, Tom Holland become super mega stars, I can't see anybody, like, going out of their way to make sense of this and say, oh, well, we need to see this underrated gem of our film. No, really. It was just a movie that just surprised me. Um, I thought it was solid business as a biopic because it's an unknown story. Um, it's, uh, it's based on a book, apparently, and it's based on... The basically the letters and, and journal entries of um, no? As Pussy Fawcett's character. a person. That's it. Okay. Um, they tried. Uh, it could have done some more expert touch on that level, but that's about it. All
0: right. I'll, if if I do get the chance to yeah. see it, I'll, I'll I'll give it a look. I, I, I can't guarantee it. Yeah, yeah, I like. You know, it, I just need some right. more some more um, incentive, I guess. But whatever. All yeah. right. Um, and finally. We're gonna talk <laughs> about that other movie with um, with Charlie Hamam. Um, I show that Hunnam. either yeah, Hunnam sorry, Hunnam I show that people would easily go and see um, if they had to if they had a choice between that and Lost City of Z, or they might yeah, go because that. of the bad reception it's been getting. So yes, we're talking about King Arthur: Legend of the Sword. Which is pretty much the return to uh, return to um to the director's chair of Guy Ritchie. I don't want to call him a legendary yeah. filmmaker, but you know his influence over the late nineties and two thousands, you know, still holds up. Um, his yeah. earlier work, of course, Lock, Stock, Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch, two of my favorite movies, yeah. Swept Away. Didn't care for that. Never watched it because you know that was our only time when um, Guy Ritchie was with Madonna. He's like, "Oh, well, you want to be in the movie? Yeah, let's turn it you know and put on put on screen." It was terrible, blah blah blah. But um, quite recently, we remember him from you know uh, well the last three couple of shows I remember from were Rock and Roller, which believe it or not, I was completely wowed by. I know it has its fans. I know a lot of people like it, but I was like, um, uh, it was like, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then of course there were the Sherlock Holmes movies that he did for Warner Brothers, which I thought were entertaining, you know, they were they were they were popcorn entertainment, they were fun, they were a little over the top, a little silly, but I like the slow mo stuff and, you know, the, the it really captured that whole sort of Sherlock Holmes vibe, especially with the fast talking Sherlock Holmes that Robert Downey Junior played. And of course the um John Watson character that um Jude Law, who also appears in King Arthur, plays. So yeah. um, the premise of this well, okay, this could be a tough one to really try to describe by because this show just from the just from the very beginning when you see the Warner Brothers logo goes so much out of its way to not be like any other King Arthur um, film you've seen before. Right. So this is not King Arthur from the producers of Pirates of the Caribbean with star Clive Owen and who, who else was it kira knightley that showed that yeah okay. i know because of the title of this movie here i would have just easily that's, forgot i
1: think anton fuqua film
0: yeah anton fuqua yeah i fuqua did it i yeah. I, I saw okay. it with it um on cable completely forgot about it didn't care yeah. for it at all yeah i, I,
1: was, I forgot about it as well yeah. yeah if yeah, you me ask neither. me
0: anything about any shot I, I i don't know i don't know um yeah Uh, Of course, Sword in the Stone You know, that popular Disney animated film What else? (laughs) Um, Oh gosh, you could go on and on and on Oh yes, there's also First Night Which I actually really liked That was with Richard Gere And the legendary um, Sean Connery Who I thought was excellent as King Arthur And of course, one of my favourite movies of all time Although it has nothing to do with um, The Knights of the Round Table as much Or Excalibur Monty Python and the Holy Grail
1: Yeah, right.
0: Classic, classic, classic shit. But anyway, so this one, of course, centers on King Arthur. It's really about his come up, about him becoming king and realizing his destiny after he acquires um, the sword of Excalibur from pulling it out of the stone, basically, and it. We, we we see like his early days when he was uh, when he was a little baby and his father who was played by um Eric Banner and how he was betrayed by his brother. What it is this about kings being betrayed by their brothers, I don't understand. <clears throat> what it is this, England England, <clears throat> what 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 so what your brother become yeah. king? So what the only instinct you have is just to betray him, to kill him? Why? I don't understand that man. I mean, whoever. So his brother played by um Jude Law, betrays him, kills him and his wife and um of course arthur survives and he finds himself in this um i think it's londonium or whatever you call the this this area of um londinium yeah londinium, londinium. Lond- yeah
2: londonium londinium, londinium. Lond- londinium. londinium right.
0: yeah which makes no sense but anyway Lond- <laughs> right so yeah. it's just be- basically just kind of shitty part of of, of of england it's more like a. Uh, the slums basically so while there's a kingdom of Cam- camelot and you know all these um barons you're living in different areas of course you have the mages which which are these powerful um sorcerers and sorceresses whoever um you have this one area this one slum where arthur grows up and um he learns how to fight, he makes friends with prostitutes, he protects them from people who just want to beat them up and take their money, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and he grew up, yeah, yeah, he grew up... Um, so he grew up in the he hood
1: there, with... in the hood. Yeah, right, so he was, he was raised by prostitutes, apparently. Um, yeah. He has a problem with this, huh? So, the thing, you describing all of this law, and I did not give a shit about any of the law in this group.
0: Well, Holy crap. Right, right, well, well I'll, I'll, I'll just kind of finish things up here, because, alright, well if i could just go on you know i could just go on for long trying to try to remember yeah, what's with, going like, on but, but here's the thing but don't waste really, your time yeah exactly but that's really at the end of the day it's just really not the story that you have known it's not the right. the, the, the the story that you have read about it's just something totally different but it's just certain things remain the same, you know, basically Arthur and Excalibur and a couple of characters here and there. But the more I describe the, the, right, the premise right. of this, the more you realize, yeah, this is not the King Arthur that I was expecting or what I grew up on. Right. But yeah, continue.
1: No, so, so right. So Guy Ritchie decided to just do his own homage to England because this movie is so goddamn British. Oh kind of pissing you off how British it is. down to,
0: to, to, um, to the way how they talk. It's like so modern British though. Yeah. So,
1: Right, it's yeah, it's very really anachronistic and it's in its form. Um, and it had David Beckham in it for a part, which was yes, really stupid. Yes, yes. However, I
0: was like, <laughs> yeah, um, uh, really, okay,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, dumb, dumbass David Beckham, cameo, whatever. You you, you, and,
0: just for, you just do that for Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie is like, hey, David, David, you do anything? No, what was right, that movie? Yeah, yeah, right, right. Sure. yeah, okay. pretty much.
1: It was really stupid. Um, the problem with this is that again, Guy Ritchie himself didn't seem to care about the love of this as well because they have a sort of major's death and this that and the sword matters and apparently you need to sacrifice a, a woman to get powers
0: and to okay, well, be well, to be re- this sacrifice a family member that's what drew Lord right, is his curse he had to do so right. if he wanted to do this, this all, he had to kill hasta, someone.
1: Hasta... here's the thing huh? this is oh, a bs oh, lord oh, 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 I, oh, oh. I didn't give um, a shit
0: about by the way by the way on the subject of that um the first person that he killed slight spoiler. Yeah, Lina Luthor from Luta from from Super yeah, Hill. From Super DL, most yeah, from was Hill. Yeah, but she was in
1: a like, yeah, she was in um, a <laughs> she was in another King Arthur show. Eh? Back in the days, she had really? a King Arthur series. I think. Yeah, yeah, she was in another King Arthur show, but as somebody else. I forget who it was.
0: Okay.
1: But yeah. God, why but anyway, like, uh, she
0: just come and just get killed. Yeah. Like why? <laughs> but anyway, continue. Well, but she had,
1: yeah. And that's the thing is that this guy Richie just, like he does want to do his his, his as they, I just call it the Richieisms. Oh yes, the, yes, stuff yes. That, the stuff that is In the beginning With all the, the, the interrogation And all of that shit All of that shit was awesome for me Loved it Right When, yeah. they, when they're telling all the jokes They're being funny You know they're describing the day And all of that yeah, Love yeah, it yeah, I, I thought But it then when cool they get into the law,
0: Flashback, flash forward, Back and forth Right love
1: it Love all of that Love the editing Love all of that It's just when they decide To get into the actual lore The movie just totally slows down For me is a mess um, the law itself is a sort of bullshit that don't make any sense It uh, it's just wholly inconsistent and just like why characters doing this why this matter why this matter i don't care the stuff that does make sense i don't care like apparently it have a uh evil lady at the lake and a good lady at the lake and like all right they're fighting apparently okay because they decided one decided to give out the sword and the powers and fine, back the sword for him the others just giving jude law powers because he's sacrificing a, a woman or a family member to the to the lake and yeah. apparently, I, 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 actually did, I, I actually
0: didn't see, I didn't consider that character, that the one that helps Jude Law, to be a lady of the lake. It's some kind of weird interpretation whoever, like I saw it as It's a water woman. Yeah.
1: It's a water woman that giving them powers. I right. don't care. They have octopus and they're looking ugly, so they're evil. Yeah. Like, whatever. It's a squid this time instead of a mermaid body.
0: And, and, and one of the characters so look like, um, oh gosh, the, it's the, 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 the record collect, uh, keeper from Bleed. Remember that fat you
1: know, slob creature right, thing. Right, yeah. Well, I was thinking, I was taking the real, real life version of Ursula from Little Mermaid. That's how I th- thought oh. about it. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Little Little Mermaid, when they do the live action, Little Mermaid, that's what it' going to look like. Except not as disgusted to scare the children, right? right? Um And this one, this one just like, all the low bullshit I did not care about. Really didn't care about. It. When they had, when they had Arthur and his mates, when they had the chav Arthur and his mates, it was great. Chavata was, was pretty funny. He was charismatic. He was funny. Even though it was boring as hell. It not, only she was boring as hell. He and his mates were Loved it. Yeah. Right? Bunch of Chavs. Chavs in London hustling. Love yeah. it. In, in the backward future London. We're not sure what's going on. We're, it all have, have black people and Asian people. Yeah. By the way, that Asian <laughs> guy should have fight. He should have got a fight.
0: My God. Yes. Um, there, there, there's yeah, an they, Asian they're... character. He's played by Tom Wu. His name is George. What That was like... Yeah, yeah all right dead, okay, dead. okay. Okay. Richie. Okay. you have a you have an Asian dude. Yeah. In wherever. in medieval England, call him George. hi right, However. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um.
1: Right. Person, and again, the person who supposedly driving the Lord the most is the worst actor in the movie. The the, the sorceress. Holy shit. Oh, Why how she get casted? It. This girl was Casey terrible. The thing. Yeah. Like.
0: Yeah. I, I I forgot that she was in the last Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Um. That that's because right, I care about that that movie in particular. But, yeah, boy, her You're delivery right. in that um, was, was god awful. Oh, my God, boy. Um right, yeah, Let, let me just get the name of her in a sec. Just one second. Pausing for a sec. Let me find out her name. Right, so her name is Astrid Burgess Frisbee, right? Spanish actress, whatever, for a French-Spanish actress. Mm-hmm. I felt that her delivery of the lines in the show was terrible. Um, like, yeah, like okay, horrible. I, I get it that you, you, you don't speak, you don't all right I get I get it that it's England so you have to try to sound English I'm not saying British but English right so right. you know because you're not English clearly you have it'll come off differently and you can yeah. kind of forgive the fact that you're okay she's not, she's clearly not British but oh gosh man just the line delivery alone does not no, make but' a no, It's just because... terrible
1: this this um this fella who did who's a mexican actor and he clearly had he couldn't he couldn't get rid of his accent as um, Diego in in um rogue one he was yeah. great yeah you know, for the most part right yeah, yeah. he was solid business for me so i am like all right you know she was just goddamn terrible holy shit yeah um and she's anyway, supposed to be like this, this relative
0: character but yeah but um well yeah, i, well, I want to get to what i have to say but if you have anything to else to say
1: no, I just going to just wrap up early. first part of the review. Yeah, no, she this was a this was just a mess for me. Again, if they kept if they kept that all the lore bullshit minimum, I didn't care about the fighting. Most of the action was burst garbage. It had a couple action moments. I was okay. Um like when when um uh, Dad and the bad guy fight and well the reveal who the bad guy is, that was okay. Yeah. Um the final fight was bullshit. Um, it had one action sequence that was god awful CG. Holy crap. That was terrible. That was like, whoa! This is unfinished bullshit, and it looked terrible. Um, but it was this it, was like um, a get pleasure I'm film. For me. That's
0: not the last fight, right?
1: Not the final, final fight with the villain. Okay, he yes, had a final, had a fight where he had to take down a bunch of guys, and he was like oh. bouncing off of them and moving. Yes, yes,
0: yes, yes, yes. God talk about damn, it. that
1: was fucking yeah. garbage, dude. That was bad. Um, this like the thing is, look, I like Guy Richie. You know, I'm I'm one of the dozens that actually like Man, Man from Uncle. I'm one of the dozens. There are dozens of us um, that like... I like his style. I like his editing and back and forth. But this, for me, was just a bunch of hilarious um, and cringey moments. Jaiman um, Hunter was in this, which was neither here nor there <laughs> Yeah, we need a black um, guy, of course. And you know,
0: cl- politically correct, of course, but yeah.
1: it, it was just a total... A total... The, the, the edit was a hot mess. This was a hot mess. A bunch of things in the story didn't make sense. Like that whole building with the snake. What the fuck was that about? <laughs> Whatever yeah um, I, I don't know and it was just a, this I, listen i glad i glad I went into this with bo B02 before because it was Cracking map <laughs> total drink, total drinking film total drinking movie with friends um but this was a hot mess yet. god damn Go ahead.
0: <sighs> okay so um where, where 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 do i even start with this right okay so i Not saying that Guy is a terrible um, director. Not saying that he should not have directed this film here. But clearly, you could see that there's two things going on here. Two clashes, basically, going on, right? So, and you see it in the storytelling. So, on the one hand, it could have just been easily um, this sort of fantasy-based, sort of over-the-top crazy... Well, sorry, not over-the-top crazy. I'll get to the -the over-the-topness in a bit. It could have just simply been just... Lord of the rings S kind of medieval film, you know, with the usual story, the, the stuff that you've seen before, but with just with more fantastical elements because, you know, big bu- um, summer blockbuster and all that kind of stuff, right? Could have been that. But then, because it's Guy Ritchie, and because you know him for these style of films, which is always about the inner workings of, like, the, 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 the gangster and the criminal and all these things, you know how to have these kind of isms going on. Um, what what bugged me though is that you had Sherlock Holmes one and two, which were big budget movies, right? Big studio movies. Yeah, right? I loved it. And they had their big budget moments, but they did not rely heavily on a set of V and a lot of big you know, special effects now. When they were there it was just to kinda move the story along, add some action and stuff like that. But it didn't rely on it because it's Sherlock Holmes. Come on. You know what I mean? So you could tell here with yeah. King Arthur, Legend of Sword, that here he had a kinda step into this new territory here where he have to do the big budget blockbuster now. He has to add the the big gigantic elephants and the mages and the um the gigantic snakes and all these creatures and all these kinda things there. But still, it's Guy Ritchie. He wants to have characters. He wants to show this, like the slums. He wants to show these characters interact with each other and how they hustle and all that kind of thing. And that's where you know, um, where we got with King Arthur's come up. You know, with him being in the slum and him dealing with all these people and all that kind of stuff. And that's cool. But if he could have just kept it like that, if it could have just been somehow this Uber, this kind of slight kind of weird realistic take on on the King Arthur legend like him being in that hood area and him somehow rallying his team which they do show and going up against um, Jude Law's character it would have been interesting, it would have been the guy richie-isms and all that kind of stuff but unfortunately because they have to keep reminding us and themselves by slapping us and kind of hitting themselves over the face like Yes, this is the fantasy. It's medieval. It's this. We have to have more magic. We have to have yeah. more of this. We have to more with more that. Yeah, the, it, the, the tones lore, just go yeah, the lore, all over the place. The stuff
1: was nonsense.
0: Yeah. And and on yeah. the subject of the lore, right? Like they don't do much with the lore. Every once in a while, they'll kinda remind you, yeah. Hey, this is the Lady it's of the Lake. Remember her? But like the moment when you do yeah, see yeah, the Lady yeah, yeah. Like, that, that that there's a particular sequence involving her. It's like, why do I don't need this? why is this there what to remind me that oh well this is a fantasy we're watching here this is not some kind of sort of um, weird kind of realistic take on the King Arthur legend no we have to have all this fantastical stuff and then we have to remind you that this is King Arthur after all so he, we will mention Merlin here and then we will mention Guinevere there you'll, you'll talk about yeah. the Lydia League there but it's like thought, if it could if, if it was I if thought, it, it I thought just, we would um, have Merlin in this yeah well I'll well, well, just say for I me I thought we will have Merlin yeah, I thought so too, to be honest like I was hearing Merlin, yeah. Merlin, Merlin No mention of Merlin, right. it's just this Astrid chick who, like I say right. her del- She's, her a student She's a student of Merlin But why we didn't see Merlin? I don't know And yeah. right, you you touch on something really good too the Intro of this, right Which I actually liked, I liked how it set up The dark, grim, yeah, was okay. really grim Tone of it, not too grim Which, right. you know, unlike Shows like King Arthur, which was just Taking itself way too seriously but dark and grim enough for you to to really get where where they're coming from with the style of it, right? And it was all like fantasy stuff now. It was the like war right. and the mages and stuff. And then afterwards it just kinda stopped, and then it just tried to play this kinda weird realistic kinda style that I mentioned about. And it's just those moments kinda tend to drag a lot. And it's not just because of right. um because you expect any fantastical stuff, but it's just the story itself kinda is weak. You know? It's I, I don't it, it it has a it, it has this problem of A not being told well and then also the story itself just being weak entirely, you know? So you you're kinda yeah. you kinda hoping in the non fantasy moments that you will engage the you know, you will keep the audience interested. And for the most part, I was interested. I was, I was on board with what was going on. I wanted to see where it was going. I actually liked the moment where you see the interrogation scene where um, Arthur had to describe the story but, and thing. I like that. I like those moments. But the whole moments Love, moment love was, all of that.
1: All of, the, yeah. all of the mate stuff. All of the stuff in the city. All of the mate stuff. When when he and his mates together. You know, he, he and the mates, you know, all of, when they had to do a bunch of sh- uh, things. Love all of that. So the opening yeah, sequence. Yeah, and, that, that early sequence. The Asante opening. Love yeah. that the scene where they chase where they had to run in the city. Even though that whole sequence didn't make any goddamn sense for my logical standpoint. But when was were...
0: running that no, because at first they see what they were doing, yeah. but I didn't understand why they had to run from where they were back to back right to to, to to the actual to their. That didn't make any goddamn sense. Um, what? Right, That'd I don't sense. understand. Why I like, they wait, run back You're not home? already
1: kind. You're not already outside the kind of the, yeah. I was like, wait, what? Why you're not already kind of outside of the city anyway? So you don't escape the opposite direction i don't exactly. really follow why they had to go that direction yes yeah, so, it so, was so, explained so very really well so basically um, they
0: went around the other way they kind of quote unquote shoot their way <laughs> indoors but and then they run back right to, to London or <laughs> whatever it is right and
1: then, <laughs> and then right and then, they had to go to the right and then they had to go to the fighting part the part where they already go guys fighting and i i swear that dudes in tank tops like wait they wear a modern vest there whatever yeah um, i i saw and then I saw, they had to go I underground and, like
0: yeah i was like what Okay. Yeah. They could not take the anyway, I read well, Charlie. That's why he
1: studied. Uh, anyway, yeah, he he got he got his sword and then he do his big 20 powers apparently, and it's like all right, that's all right action because I think maybe, and then they move uh, on. But enough. the only part I like <laughs> the actual, the actual editing itself, the side sty- again, is a real hot mess. Because the part where they had the camera up in the face and think I was like, yeah, I love all of this. Yeah, me that too. That's real too. hard. It, it, was it, it, is it was
0: different. I was
1: like, all right, all right. Right. But yeah. But that's a double it's a set up bullshit this movie is a goddamn mess to me
0: though anyway yeah but alright so so I'll, I'll Go ahead continue then. right so that's the thing is that as much as you wanna be as stylistic and you know um try to be different I mean that's cool right? it could have just been either the sort of pseudo realistic vibe that you know would harken back to snatch and lock and two smoking barrels that would have been interesting I... but because yeah, you established yeah. the fantasy world of it you know, the audience kind of expecting fantasy stuff. And then when you're getting it in these little spurts, these little sporadic scenes, it's kind of like, well, it's either or. ors. Either you have it or you don't have it, you know? Um, right. But for me, though, like I say, really the, the major drawback is the story. If the story at least kind of made sense, just from a narrative right. perspective and kind of knew what it was trying to be. Because at times it kind of just switches back and forth uh, forth a lot Especially in the third act Where it kind of abandons the whole realistic vibe And then goes into this whole um, fantasy vibe But admittedly, I actually kind of like the fantasy vibe I actually enjoy the third act Weirdly enough I I mean, I know it's sloppy Uh, But I actually kind of enjoy where it was kind of leading up But the problem with that though Is that I felt that, you know It's really the the second act that kind of ruined it for me it was slow right. me, I wasn't the, sure where it was going There was a the, lot of dialogue But I felt like Nothing right. was really going on And it was just Less fantasy But just more On this whole Kind of banter And this sort of Sort of realistic vibe So it's almost like The fantasy the arc, Just kind of got sucked out And then like Nearing the end Into right. that was like Oh wait We're doing fantasy after all So let's bring back the fantasy And there's just this This, right. um, so, this hot mess Of CGI And just visual right. Man listen. Bullshit Yeah
1: no, yeah, so the, the mess, the, the, that's the thing, they tried to do an arc with it, and they tried to do the classic hero's journey arc, but it didn't work at all. So, like, that is one part that was so pointless, he, he, like, watching the sword, and he decided to throw away the sword. And he decided to do this real shitty montage, where the lady had yeah, kind of gone and beat him again. I'm like, wait, what's the fucking point of that, nothing warrant that? I get it, like, you're doing the whole, the sword causing problem thing. But the only reason I know about that is because I am familiar with the trope. Yeah. Right, if I was following him from scratch, I'd be like, "Wait, what? Why he decided to throw away the sword for no reason? But that, that didn't make any sense. I not follow
0: that, that. That scene alone was just laughable. Boy, that was laughable. And then it's the part where like, he, oh, and then the part throw away the sword, now, you know what I mean? like yeah, yeah. why? And then, the part and then two with minutes the, later, you get back yeah. because movie, right,
1: you know? right. And then I then the part where the girl, the snake, bites him in the neck. I'm like, what the fuck? Why? Because he needs to see a vision, or the snake needs to follow him. What? And then the giant snake was just pointless. That's just a bullshit yeah, that didn't yeah. make any sense. I, I, I,
0: I kind of read that scene as he needed to see the demons that were hiding in plain sight or whatever like that. So, there's a scene where he's on horseback and he's riding and see sitting in the, in the trailer and you see like these sort of, I don't even want to call them forest nymphs or whatever because I have no idea who they are but they're in the trees like real enigma style, kids' axe Right. So, <laughs> I was like, but but we never saw this before. Why are we seeing this here? Why? Yeah, I, I don't understand. Um, but I would say this much, though. Um, The song that they play, it's also in the trailer. Um, I got the name of it here. It's called The Devil and the Huntsman. That song knocks. Right. That song, well right. hard. I love that song. It's like the perfect song to walk in slow-mo. Pretend like you're holding this broadsword behind your back. Right. It's something about the beast. It has that... Vroom, Something about that too. Right. Uh, when I heard it, yeah, even yeah, when yeah. I saw that weird montage with him, um on horseback and eat forest creatures, whatever, I was just on, I was just engaged. Like as soon as that song came on, it just kind of encapsulated the whole vibe of the of the movie. But right. once again, because you had that second act that was just trying to be this uber realistic kind of thing, it just I can't help it. Just threw me off. You know, it right. it's like you're watching two I different well, movies. You know what I mean?
1: And then the, the, the whole big well, you realize it, and then they do a sort of law thing like, well, the father is apparently the stone because he turned himself into a stone or the sword, whatever. That was um, Jude dumb. Law is,
0: yeah. <laughs> that was really, and then, um, they never established then, um, how Jude that though, happened and why that was, wherever, yeah,
1: whatever. And then Jude Law is apparently a demon souls boss, you know, on um, Ninja Gaiden <laughs> boss battle, basically. Yeah, and like, all right, whatever.
0: But, um, this on the subject it, of that before you get to rated, um. That But I have to admit though that, that end fight Between Between um Arthur And um Jude Law's reveal character I thought Looked very impressive But uh, Impressive in yeah. a Video game Sense Like I just right. Shut my brain yeah, off, I was battle. like Yes this is a boss battle This is the ultimate yeah, it's, battle, it's here, battle here, It looked kind of cool right, it's, it's a big Souls. screen whatever. Yeah
1: uh, Yeah it's a boss battle in, in Dark Souls Or Bloodborne Or one of those the dice yeah, or, 12, or, or The Witcher um, One of
0: those games Yeah Right, I just right, shut my brain of off at that um, moment. I was like, okay, I kind of like this. Okay, I really like this. Okay, yeah. I really like this. It it's kind of dumb and really ridiculous, but I like this. <laughs> but yeah, um,
1: yeah, last anyway. Bit before your yeah, whatever. I, as I say, the, 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 the I'm going to give my rating quick. Yeah, this is going to get a, a, a low CC8. Um, Ooh. this is a hot mess for me. It barely, it barely tolerates a, a, a film thing. I, in fact, I have feeling to give it a, a low globe, if anything, but whatever. Um, hot mess. Waste our time. Go have, go drink. It's a drinking friends movie. That's what it is. Cause have some hilariously bad parts in this. Um, get some beers. You know, turn it on and crack up. That's what it is. It's not forgettable. That, that at least, at least it's not boring and forgettable. You know, at least it, it doesn't commit that sin. But it's a hot mess. This was like, jeez, boy, guy, I look, I love you to debtor, but nah boy, you can't be fucking around like this, too. This <laughs> really waste my time, dread.
0: Yeah. Alright, well, well here's the thing with me before I get to my rate right? This this, this is really A, a, a hard film for me to, to Critique, well to rate actually Reason being is because I didn't walk out of it Feeling disappointed, I didn't walk out of yeah. it Like hating myself for seeing it I saw the flaws The flaws were, were there on screen I couldn't help but, but notice them But somehow I still Kind of enjoyed it For what it was, it's not a great movie By a long shot, it's not that um like if i were to compare this to something like see warcraft which you know i would actually read this one higher than than warcraft by far because warcraft was just spent so much time trying to world build that it just got less and less and less and less interesting this one it felt like you know they were trying to establish this world and they kept going and they kept going and it got more and more interesting but it's just that the 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 tonal shifts were just too abrasive for me at first it's fantasy and then it's the Guy Richie yeah. kind of crime drama and then it's this assembling this team to go up against the king and then it's fantasy and then it's even more yeah. fantasy and then you forget about the team. It's all about King Arthur yeah. wielding this magic sword and this last boss basically and all that kind of stuff. But I did not find myself like yawning at it. I mean, yes, the second act was really slow and boring and I felt it wasn't going anywhere, but I was still engaged by it. I still was not impressed by the world, but I was still intrigued by what I was seeing. I wanted to know more about it. I wanted to see where they were going with it. But I felt, you know, just with the story in general, they really should have made up its mind if it just wanted to be its own thing, or if it just wanted to kind of and back to the old uh, legend that we know and love, but in a different way. And I felt that if they did it like that, which, they kind of cheat we by kind of hinted that it was going to be like that like it's gonna be what we know from before but just in a different context it would have Go worked ahead. better but instead it just felt like one type of show but you have these little hints at the old the the old law sprinkle here and they for you know for for just to remind people hey it's King Arthur remember but you know like I agree with you when they do drop any law, I didn't care. I didn't need to see Lady League. Why was that there? Why did we need that stupid moment with Arthur with, uh, his sword and then all of a sudden Lady League dropped it back like this is your destiny and this is what will happen if you don't do your job blah blah blah. Like why? You didn't need that. You know what I mean? So yeah, just tonal inconsistencies and just the story itself not being that interesting um, brought it down for me but I still say that just the style of it it is really, really style over substance by far. The style is there and when it's there it's there it's watchable um like i say like what the moment when that song pops in and even with all the kind of weird stuff going on because yeah the show is like just from a tonal perspective is just crazy just over, all over the place you know but when that song popped in i was like yes i'm back online now like i was offline in the second act but then when the song pops in i was like yes now i feel it now i feel in this dark tone and i felt like if they kept it like that it would have been better, but I don't know if it's because they didn't want another King Arthur, Antoine Fuqua version on their hands I don't know But I just feel as you know, the studio wanting this big summer blockbuster And Guy Ritchie just wanted to be himself and just these different stuff and clashes and all that kind of stuff But I could spend all day talking about that, but long story short I did not hate the show, but yeah, I really wanted to enjoy it as much um, way more than, than I actually did um, just in closing, though, they say they have six movies, or it's supposed to be one of six movies. I kind of doubt we will see that because of you know this movie being a flop. I kind of would like for them to actually do a sequel at least to try and establish you with a lot more. Um, at least see more of the you know the, the round table characters because, yeah, that's one thing. Um, I, I found myself trying to act, uh, trying to compare this one to the law, so I was like okay but this character is supposed to be what Lancelot this character supposed to be what Guinevere Percival I don't know who these characters are what this is a new the round table I don't know and then I just yeah. kind of dropped off like I just didn't care anymore so I don't know it's it's, it's just kind of all over the place I just really wasn't sure what I was trying to be about I just felt that it just should have just just try to do its own thing instead of trying to harken back to the old law instead of trying to play this kind of you know juggling game basically but you know and and unfortunately is that that is really what brought down the, the movie but still i didn't hate it as much as all that i like i say i still can enjoy it more than than warcraft so for me i will give um, this a wait you want to i can't say
1: that but yeah i can't no. i can't uh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, you're no, compared no. to warcraft but yeah i can't say that <laughs>
0: okay no no what, what, what i mean is like in terms of the execution of it now, like warcraft was just trying to be so serious this one at least was just so over the top and insane that like like you say you had to be drunk to enjoy it you laugh at it It had some funny moments It yeah. had some really unintentionally humor had some stuff that just fell flat but still that's what i say like it just kind of it didn't take itself as seriously as all that so maybe that's why i actually i enjoy it more than, than warcraft and i seen it in terms of like fantasy adventure big budget films right so for me, yeah. I would give this a uh, a uh, decent three out of five. It was it was alright. It was alright. It was alright. It was alright. Not the best show I've seen in yeah. the world, but far from the worst. But I do yeah, agree is, with this? you. This this is a hot mess. This could have been way yeah. way, way 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 better. Um, especially with the, the the fact that it's Guy Ritchie, and he co-wrote the script too. So I don't know if it's the other yeah. two people who wrote who who wrote it who just wanted to have the fantastical stuff, and just like, hey, remember, how right. am the guy who did Snatch, they have some little Snatch moments, so they have a little Smoke and Barrel moments, so please, you know what I mean, for me, yeah, go yeah, on, yeah, you know. Yeah. But they really should have made up their mind as to, not just the story that they were trying to tell, but how they were telling it. But I right. don't, I, I, I can't, I... I disagree that it's like this total flop and it's this terrible movie and it's the worst movie of the year although I kinda would not be surprised if worst love the year movies <laughs> and maybe if I do watch it again I might say yeah this this was terrible but yeah they're chatting they're trying so I didn't like I said I didn't <laughs> hate it as much but this could have been way way better. But that song though that right. that song is, is awesome. Um yes. once again um the name of the song is The Devil and the Huntsman guys go on youtube yeah. listen to that just blast that thing loud with your bass on and you'll understand what i mean by saying it really add a lot to the film but yeah yeah like three of five if you want to go and see it check it out but other than that probably wait till the right. whole media and give it a look yeah
1: right, all right. uh right here, so something so next time we'll be covering aliens yes the alien, alien anthology so week? we're
0: talking about alien aliens alien tree and all that history yeah. that took place um with the yeah. adventure um alien resurrection which was one that i generally hated and of course we had to talk about the avps man the alien versus predators yes yeah. and of yeah. course the one that you didn't like but i kind of like i i actually liked and i did a, a written review of it i actually gave it a four at the time but i don't know if maybe if i watch it again i might be um i might i don't know i, I may not like it as much as all that prometheus yeah, and we'll talk um, about all those before we jump into Alien Covenant, which is coming out this week. And I'm I'm definitely going to check it out. I, I I'm just glad that really Scott is back doing this. Um, but I'm just really curious to see how he's going to connect this to Prometheus. Cause this is more of, you know, harkening back to the old Alien. You know, that whole kind of claustrophobic survival terror kind of vibe. Just kind yeah. of to see what he does there.
1: Right. Yeah, um, um, also, I saw the poster, apparently. Well, <laughs> Darren Aronofsky. Darren Aronofsky, one of my favorite filmmakers. He did. He has a new poster for his movie. A new movie coming out on Mother's Day called Mother. So, that's interesting. I wonder uh, what it's about. He has a name. <laughs> mm, yeah, he has a name, Mother. And it's Mother. Yeah. Um. What else? Uh. Yeah, as I say, the alien stuff coming out. So, anyone? So, that's about it.
0: Yeah. Uh, um, also, before also, we forget... Um, uh, so happy happy Mother's Day to everyone! Yes, Happy Mother's Day. Martha why did you say that thing? <laughs> yeah, um, but why also in terms that? of of next week, we also have um, there's this new um DC, uh Warner Brothers animated film called Vixen, which yes, okay. is based off of the Vixen character, who I believe had her own Probably. like animated web series. I never saw it with Arrow and right, yeah, right. I saw, saw that. Those. I
1: saw yeah. like about five episodes. I saw that, but I didn't see this movie yet.
0: Okay. Um, so there's that yeah. and then also season five finally i'm gonna be checking it out of samurai jack
1: yeah boy yes cannot i've been keeping wait up to with it. it it's goddamn awesome last night's episode pretty goddamn awesome for me as well right. um yes yeah, i haven't, jack haven't super- watched
0: any of the episodes yet but i will this week and yeah right up leading up to the season finale i cannot wait i hope to enjoy it right because yes i know the season finale is where finally aku is going up against oh sorry jack it's finally going to go up against yeah. Aku, so I can't wait to see how they end this off. I really hope that they end it
1: on yes. a note. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great, it's a, it was a great season for me, um, especially the early uh, first few episodes. Some of the middle episodes is kind of linger out, but it was still solid business to me, um, overall. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we, we'll talk about it next week. Yeah. Um, can't wait to video finale as well. Um, what else? That's it. I think we have uh, nothing else to yeah, think that, about. Uh, that, it that,
0: ha- that's it. Um, I think in terms of like <laughs> other <laughs> releases, um, there's that um which is diary of a wimpy kid but i haven't seen any of yeah, them so i i can't really vouch for it uh, yeah
1: i don't not familiar with it it's for younger audiences i suppose it does what it does um whatever yeah and, uh, there, and there was also nice
0: and there was also um before i forget there was also snatched which came out um this weekend right but i didn't care yeah i don't care I'm about sorry that. i'm <laughs> just not a fan of amy schumer yeah i also see yeah i just, uh, whatever yeah, um but
1: Yep. i might, next week i might do a review for a um, game called prey prey came out is basically the i don't know if it's a sequel but like a like a remake of our old game back in, well not, not that old, about 10 years ago a little over 10 years ago but Prey um, does sound familiar solid.
0: that 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 title yeah sounds familiar. it was a
1: it was a really solid first-person shooter back back about back you know
0: it was like 2004
1: or so 2005 i can't remember and they more or less remade it and i heard it's pretty good business so i'll, I'll take that team when i get a chance
0: okay all right, so with yeah. all that being said, man, about Ricardo, it. where can we find you online, dude?
1: Um, posat R-M-E-D-D-Y, that is at R-M-E-D-D-Y, at R-M-E-D-D-Y on Twitter. And then you can type in Ricardo Medina on Facebook and you can find me there.
0: All right. Well, you could also find me on Twitter. Just look for my handle, Legally Black MJB MJB, and capital letters. You could also find me on Facebook. Just look for Matry Bailey, yeah. and um, also look for a Legally Black official fan base, where you'll see the link to this podcast here, as well as the others that we've done before. And yeah. also, you could um, check out all, 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 including this one that you listened here to, um, all the podcasts that um, we've done in this series here. On my new home over at vid.me, so just type in vid.me slash legally black. You'll see season one, two, and of course, you know, season three and all we've done thus far.
1: Yeah, cool.
0: All right. So any last words before we part ways and spend the rest of the Monday? Yeah.
1: Happy Mother's Day to everyone. Uh you know. uh, that's pretty much it. Uh yeah, this is So that's it. Peace. Yeah, and and also
0: and also before I forget as a wise man once said, a wise man by the name of Norman Bates, a boy's yeah. best friend is his mother. Never forget that.
1: Yeah. Sorry, baby <laughs> so, mamas. Mamas, mamas. Yes, mamas, 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 mamas. Baby. Mamas, mamas. baby. Yeah, baby mamas, mamas. I'm actually going to yeah. listen to
0: miss Jackson. L- That's always dope. But yeah. yeah. So, once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to this. This was Machibiri and.
1: regatta Medina.
0: And we are signing off from another episode of BS Beats and Billy. So, until the next one, guys, take care. Peace.
1: Yep. Peace, peace, peace. Peace, peace. <laughs>